0: Hello, I'm Tammy Gant, and I'm your host today for the Florida Horse Podcast, brought to you by the Florida Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners Association. I'm joined today by my guest, uh, Ocala Breeder Sales Director, Todd Wojahusky. Very excited to see Todd today, I haven't seen him for a while, so we're looking forward to this conversation. Well, Todd, welcome today. It's so great for you to join us here on our podcast. Um, coming over from a Greeter Sales, which is just next door to our studios.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoy enjoy the opportunity to visit with you.
0: Yeah, and it's been a while. We've done a lot of trade missions together, yes. so I'm really glad to get you here in the studio and talk a little bit about what OBS is doing, what we see for the future, and a little bit of history. Sure. Yeah, so let's start a little bit about what did this sales season look like for, for OBS, and and what were some of the trends that you saw coming out of this year?
1: Well, I think a lot of the national trends that we see as far as the markets, you know, f- carry through to OBS and carry through to our sales. Um, you know, the one thing with OBS uh, being so much of the market in the two-year-old sales, so we are kind of a, a market maker in regards to that. Um, but still, you know, what we saw at Keeneland carried through to the yearling sales, there's still a, a flight to quality. Um, the the uh, focus is always on quality, it uh, seems, for the buyers. But um, all in all, the general market conditions that we've seen around the country carry through to our sales as well.
0: Yeah. And I think you mentioned this. I think when we were on a trade mission, someone mentioned that it is a market maker. So the sales early in the season really kind of helps set what that bar will be for the other sales as you carry throughout.
1: Well, absolutely. So the, you know, two-year-old sales for us is we're probably almost 80 percent of the market in the united states nobody sells more two-year-olds uh uh more days than obs anywhere in the world so yeah we and are, i tell
0: people that you're a worldwide leader and that's what's amazing as i was looking at stats from 2019 before i walked in here and it was hovering around 70 to 72 percent so it, it has increased every year in the last decade for sure yes,
1: it, it, uh, so we are a market maker in that sense. But yes, the the success of the two-year-old sales kind of sets the tone for the yearling sales as they move into the summer and the fall. Um, so many of our two-year-old consigners are pin hookers, uh, and they are purchasing yearlings in that next uh, go-round uh, at the end of the year. So if they do well, they have money to spend at the yearling market. And I think, uh, you know, early on um, in the pin hooking game, which is something that pretty much originated in Florida. (laughs) Uh, The the pin hookers weren't looked upon favorably coming to Kentucky and buying horses. But nowadays, they are a a very wanted group of buyers uh, at uh, yearling sales all over the United States. And so those sales are very interested to see the two-year-old sales do well.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting because basically um, Ocala becomes a ghost town when sales are happening in other parts of the country because they are, are out there filling up their inventory, either you know getting horses to spec for their clients or getting that horse that they're going to in turn pinhook or flip for a two year old sale, um, because it is the worldwide leading sale with two year olds in training. And I also noticed when we were traveling on trade missions like to Korea and Japan that they look for those race ready two year olds, and that also helps kind of keep a, a deep market and a broad market. So you have a lot of buyers looking at horses at all levels, which I think is one of the reasons that maybe the sales have grown over the, over the last decade.
1: Well, I, I think you're right. Um, the, the, the quantity of good horsemen that live in Ocala, Florida or Marion County is, is truly remarkable. Um, I tell people all the time, of course, I may be a little biased, but if I was going to go buy, start a string of uh, racehorses to take to the racetrack, I would go to the two-year-old sale. Number one, you're getting that added component of seeing what those horses look like on the racetrack. And the other piece that people don't think about is you're also purchasing the expertise of all these horsemen that are here in Ocala in the preparation of these horses for the races. Um, Because most of them... Maybe selling two year olds at the sale, but they're also preparing horses for trainers uh, to send to the racetrack. Uh, that aren't necessarily going to the sale. So that's an important piece that a lot of people forget is when you're purchasing a two-year-old, you're purchasing the expertise of those people that have prepared that horse.
0: Yeah. And I think that rings true when you have 15,000 thoroughbreds a year come here for their early schooling. Absolutely. And so that's that expertise that time and time again, it's a hidden like a, a hidden secret we have here, right? right. Um, but we do have some of the world's top horsemen. And sometimes I think when we're here, we take that for granted because we know them by name and we, we shop with them and we see them out on their farms. But but um, it really has some of the best horse people in the world here that know about how to train horses um, to prepare them, um, not only for the sales, but to be racehorses.
1: I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that we tend to take it for granted uh, sometimes but when you stop and kind of look at the big picture, it really is kind of impressive to see. Uh, like I said, the quantity quantity of horses and the quality of horsemen that are here.
0: So were there any other micro trends that came out of this year sales that you think will carry into next year?
1: I don't see the micro trends as much as I see the the macro trends. Mm-hmm. Um you know, again, I think there's always a flight to quality. People are uh, and then you might say micro trends when they come to specific stallions and who's hot right now and who's not right now. So, and that, can, there, there's an ebb and flow to that.
0: And maybe certain buyers from certain countries or certain um, pockets in the country because they've had success maybe with like, in our case, sometimes if a Florida bread does really well and is in the championships for horse of the year here, and but they were running in California, sometimes we'll see a bump in, in California people interested in Florida breads.
1: Well, I, I, I think you're right. Um, um, you bring to mind one thing that I would say, so it's it's kind of a, a blessing and a curse. Uh, with the success of the two-year-old sales, so many of those horses that are sold at the two-year-old level were sold as yearlings here at OBS in October. Uh, and I I do see a trend of people that have purchased these two-year-olds and have done very well with them. They had to pay a premium for them as two-year-olds, mm. but then they look and say, hey, I could have bought that horse at the yearling sale for X, when I had to play, pay X plus mm-hmm. for that horse as a two-year-old. So you're starting to see some of those people. Um, we saw a little more international activity uh, at this sale, um, and those were people that had bought two-year-olds at our sale, um, and but noticed that those horses were were originally purchased as yearlings here.
0: Yeah, you know, they had success and say, maybe I should go back and be the, the earlier buyer versus the later buyer. And so um, let's talk a little bit about the history of the sales. Sure. And so, um, you know, you, you said the pen hooking really got started in Ocala. A bit of the OBS sales and the whole idea of of selling horses in your same market got started here with Joseph O'Farrell, um, you know, decades ago. And so you want to talk a little bit about OBS sales sure. and when it fruition? Sure, I, I think fruition?
1: the, the uh, genesis of juvenile sales, of two-year-old sales, is right here in Marion County, um, when Mr. O'Farrell and a number of the other farms here got together and realized that uh, they wanted to uh, come up with a way to market their horses better. Maybe they didn't have the blue blood pedigrees that Kentucky had, but they had athletes. uh, And they needed people to see that those horses were very athletic and could perform and win at the racetrack. Uh, And they came up with the idea of putting these horses under tack and showing them under tack and selling them as two-year-olds. And Uh, It has grown exponentially since then, and then, you know, the pin became part of that process, but uh, certainly the the juvenile sales started right here.
0: Yeah, what was novel is now commonplace. Yeah, and and people I think maybe don't realize where where that came from. Sure. Uh, and so, talk a little bit about how you got involved with OBS sales because I know you have a history um, um, prior to OBS sales. So, tell me a little bit about your history and how you came to the position you're in over there.
1: Well, um, you know, I've been around the the racing industry practically my whole life uh my father was a blacksmith by trade um and my mother got into training horses uh, uh training Th- thir- race horses or quarter horses thoroughbreds originally uh she was uh, on the rodeo side in performance horses uh and then my father was shooting at the racetrack and she became intrigued by the thoroughbreds or became began... intrigued by
0: him maybe well no
1: they were had been <laughs> intrigued in each other for a while at that point um and uh, she started training uh, thoroughbreds, and she actually, um, you know, had a string at the racetrack uh, for a while. And, and so my first uh, job that I can remember uh, was a hot walker in Atlantic City at nine years old. So, oh, wow. Um, so I've been around the races my entire life. And um, my family got into uh, originally buying yearlings and then taking them to the races and selling them. And then it, it invo- evolved into pin hooking. Um, and so I've been around it for, like I said, practically my whole life. I started uh, doing some inspections for OBS about 25 years ago uh, for the select sales.
0: When you were just a wee pup.
1: Yeah, just a <laughs> wee pup. Uh, started doing that and had been involved with OBS for uh, uh, for that period of time, part-time. Uh, and then you know, about 10, 11 years ago, the opportunity presented itself as uh, Tom Chioda was retiring and um, they were looking for a director of sales, so yeah. I'm fortunate uh to be able to to join them
0: yeah you've got a great team over there i mean it's, it's a, good just group a of wonderful people. group of people it really really is and there's a lot of longevity. People stay there decades, not not years but decades yeah, yeah so cool. it's really amazing, thank you, yeah and so uh, talk a little bit about the trade missions i'm looking at my time here let's talk a little bit about the trade missions because myself i'm representing f t b a Lonnie Powell representing f t b a and then we also have um um, yourself going over to the sales, and then also Tom Ventura. And then we usually partner with Department of Agriculture and a representative goes. And those are bona fide trade missions in emerging markets. Uh, and, and there's been a lot of fruits of that labor for sure.
1: Certainly. Uh, you know, the trade missions we went on to uh, Korea and Japan have, have certainly yielded positive results. They've become two of our biggest international partners in purchasing horses. Um, They're they're very instrumental in the success of OBS, particularly at the two-year-old level. Um, You know, to be able to visit those countries, to see their culture, uh, their racing culture, uh, to experience it that firsthand, to have a better understanding of how their racing operations work and how we can better present our horses or understand better what they're looking for when they come over has been immensely helpful.
0: Yeah, and you see the technology they apply, and you see ways that you can bring technology here to apply it to to where, you know, they're seeing every part of the horse that they need to see as far as when they're decision-making. And and what's interesting is um, I do believe that every time a trade mission happens, you do see that bump in, in sales, that following thing, because I think going into someone's home or backyard or country right. makes a big difference. And sure. so that outbound trade and, is important. You know, you
1: mentioned technology. Certainly, uh, in the last couple of years, we've had a technology jump in the auction industry, and that's online bidding, um, you know, uh, we have COVID to thank for that, because if it wasn't for COVID, that was the impetus behind implementing the online bidding. Um, Prior to that, there was a lot of hesitance and lack of understanding within the industry as to its value. And now it's an integral piece of what we do, and all the sales companies have it. Um
0: it was uh, OBS was one of the first though to be able to We actually had the Thurbert first House she yeah, a We were the first the US.
1: uh first auction house in the United States that had uh, online bidding on its live auction. I mean, there were timed auctions previously, but we were the we were the guinea pigs. We were the first one out of the box with it, and uh, actually, the company that we use has now become the company of choice for all of the sales companies. So,
0: yeah, it was very forward thinking because, you, like you said, there was a disaster happening. And you had to say, how can I get these horses in front of buyers, or how can they place a bid on those horses? And you had some things in place because you did, did phone bidding in the past, but never this extent where you could have the that live online.
1: Absolutely. And the positive feedback that we've gotten from buyers has been tremendous. Um, add to that, because of the online bidding, now you add the video component where at the two year old sales you have the breeze video, the under attack video that they can watch, but also the walking videos at the barn that we now put on our website and make available uh, to the buying public. Uh, I had a number of uh, buyers this sale stop me and say that. Just comment on how much they rely on that, particularly say if they're an agent and they have a principal that's not there, um, they're purchasing for them, to be able to show them that horse on video uh, gives that buyer a little extra confidence in the buying process,
0: yeah, they become um, a much more um, engaged part of the team instead Absolutely. of just relying on them. They can actually watch that all, they're also. a participant, yeah, and they can make that decision. And, and they embrace the technology too, because some folks could have just said, Well, I, I you know, a, a horse industry sometimes low to embrace or slow to embrace something, so you go and show walk videos or you do that. And some people say, I'd rather be there in person, but I think some folks have found a way to use that as a tool when they can't be there in person, or in the case where y- you can't travel, and so sure. it works out really well. Well, that like way. you
1: said, it's become a tool and it's a valuable tool. And I urge all consigners to to remember that when they're putting their consignments together to to do videos, uh, walking videos on, at the yearling sales and walking videos at the two-year-old sales because it is uh, a very valuable tool to these buyers now.
0: And some of the buyers, because we've been on those international flights, are literally working on those flights. So they may be actually looking at those videos in flight so they can get the number of courses they need to look at ready, you know, they're shortlist when they hit the ground.
1: Well, even, y- yes, and in addition to that, I mean, what's it, a 12 or 14 hour time difference between us and Japan, mm-hmm. the, during our sale, live sale, the number of bidders from Japan that are 12 hours different than us that are participating live in the sale. Is amazing. Yeah. Uh, the you know they're they're up at if it's you know eleven o'clock in the morning it's eleven o'clock or midnight one o'clock over there.
0: Yeah, which is is saying i, I really determined that you want to get a horse if you're up at two a.m. in the in the morning. So I I got the signal to wrap, but I did want to talk a little bit about what you see for next year, and then also I didn't want to re- be remiss and not mention some of the the numbers. And so um, when we talk about buyers, more than forty countries have bought horses from the Ocala breeder sales. A lot of that because of the outreach you've done to really develop all those emerging markets and maintain existing markets but then all the states except for one which is Alaska so every tour I give Not over a there a lot of racing
1: in Alaska yes
0: and every tour I give over there I said, if anyone's from Alaska please just yeah. buy one racehorse we just wanted to say all 50 states right. it's a lot easier but that's incredible when you think about um, that there's a lot of non-racing states out there but people are buying horses and having thoroughbred operations and then they have access to horses you know race ready racehorses um, the yearlings and then all of so some some bloodstock or, or some breeding stock, too, um, through this sale. So it's an interesting story to tell, just the, the, the depth of, of the buyers.
1: Well, as you said, 40-some-odd countries. Um, and, yes, technology plays a part. Uh, you know, our facilities, we've updated our facilities over the last few years and really made it. But ultimately, what brings those people to Ocala, what brings them to OBS is the quality of horses that the consigners bring to the sale and the quality of horses that over and over again perform at the racetrack if if there was no performance at the racetrack it wouldn't matter how much uh how fancy we made the facility or how whiz bang we made the technology it wouldn't be uh that we wouldn't have those people so those international countries are recognizing the quality of horse that they can buy and that's directly related to the because of what the consigners are bringing. And the local breeders, uh, you know, they're selling here. Uh, Don't know if I mentioned it, even on our yearling sale this year, the top two sellers were by local breeders Mm -hmm. that bred here and stayed here, sold here, and they were rewarded for it. Um, Those quality horses that continue to be produced is what brings those people here.
0: Yeah, and, and and if you look at the sales too, um, folks always say the Florida breeds are part of that greater marketplace because you have all horses from all all different states coming. But the Florida breeds do very very well in the sales, and we've seen some nice toppers this 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 particular sale and previous sales, and a lot of them, like you say, go on to be really great racehorses. And we see many of them now geared for the Breeders' Cup. We see many of them come around into the classics. And there was a tail of the tape um, compared to some of the other sales in one of your newsletters that showed how many horses. Come out of the OBS sale And finish first, second, and third In stakes And finish um, in the Breeders' Cup And those numbers When you compare them Are are, are really, really impressive And so when people are looking For a racehorse This is definitely Where they can find it And it's
1: because of those numbers That they come Yeah Because those horses Perform on the racetrack
0: Yeah, success leads Hopefully to more success Well, thank you very much, Todd I appreciate you coming in today And um, we look forward to 2023 And all the sales That we're going to see then
1: My pleasure Thanks so much you can stay up to date with all of your thoroughbred racing and breeding news from Florida and around the country with a free subscription to Wired to Wire, delivered free of charge to your inbox five days a week.